what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv. My name is Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group, a survey consulting firm located in North Carolina, working with uh, healthcare and some non-healthcare clients as well across the nation. And with me is my co-host, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? Excellent. How are you today, Alan? I'm doing just fine, just fine. You uh, Do you have kids still in uh, primary school? You do, right? So you've got uh, kids uh, closer to my age, yeah, I believe. Yeah, closer to your age? No, no, uh, the she, age of my kids. That no, old, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the closer to the kids of my age. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to imply you had really old children. year old daughter in high school. <laughs> but you still got some in the high school, I guess? Right, right. My daughter's getting ready to go to uh, her 10th grade uh, start in about oh, a week wow. and a half. Wonderful. I've got two yes. that are uh, still in elementary and middle school. One's really close to high school at this point. And uh, I know we're kind of close to the days here. I think we're going to squeeze in a family vacation next week, right before school starts the week after. So, right. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. They've been bugging me all summer that I haven't taken them anywhere. So now I've got to squeeze in at the last minute. Sounds about like my life. So, uh, <laughs> well, Ed, I'm glad to have you with us as well. And uh, I hope everybody's enjoying their summer. We do want to talk a little bit today in our episode of Stepping Up Service about the idea of knowing your customer's story. And I do think it's important. I love that title as well, and especially the word story, because we're going to talk a little bit about what that means when we say know your customer's story. It's deeper than just knowing your customer or knowing your customer's preferences. This is really knowing their story. And we'll get into that in just a moment, explain what that means. As a reminder to everybody, you're listening to this, uh, this podcast on the mesh.tv. This is our online podcast network of available content free to listen to online uh, through our website at themesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H.tv. Or you can actually find us through Apple iTunes, where you can do a search for either Stepping Up Service, or you can do a search for The Mesh and find us that way. We're also on services like Stitcher Radio uh, and some other podcast applications as well. So we encourage you to do a search and find us. Subscribe and rate the show if you can. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And of course, in this show, Stepping Up Service, we talk all about the world of customer service, delivering outstanding service to your clients, to your employees, creating a culture of service throughout your organization, all that. And Ed's company, uh, Customer Service Solutions, you can find more information about them at cssamerica.com. Of course, on the internet, cssamerica, all one word, dot com. Great resource for really finding out ways to supercharge the customer service culture in your organization. Some great free content. And I even noticed on your website, the actual button in the corner is free content. So it's really clearly laid out for everybody exactly where to find the things. Um, yes, our free content button is called free content. free content. Our customer service company is called Customer Service Solutions. We're, we're quite the literal company, as you, you guys can tell. just lay it all out there. There's no masking what's going on there. And it's great because that free content page, that's where I love to go. And not only the tips of the week, this podcast is featured there and just other blog posts. Uh, it's just great. I mean, it's great stuff for any size organization, any type of organization to look at their customer service uh, approach to things. So, Ed, let's talk about this topic. And again, we're really using this idea of the word of the word story, knowing your customer story. I saw a video that, and I don't remember the the hospital system that did this. It was several years ago, a video that a hospital put out. And this idea was that they're trying to help educate their staff, their employees to understand that there are many, many other things going on in their patients' lives before they even walk in the door that could be impacting the way they may perceive the care that they get. Is this what we're talking about when we say know our customer story is kind of knowing everything else that's surrounding the situation that these customers find themselves in? Uh, That's an excellent example. And the answer is yes. Uh, So often we're faced with that customer, whether it's a patient in the hospital who has some kind of ailment or has a broken bone or it's the customer walking into our store uh, who has an issue or they have a return or it's that person calling on the phone with some kind of complaint or inquiry. And we can be so focused with the task or the specific need. And for some reason, the conversation doesn't go well. 
uh, and we wonder why. I mean, we answered the question, we dealt with the need, we addressed the issue, and, and sometimes the reason why it doesn't go as well as it could is because there's something else going on there, and there's something else in the customer's mind, something else on their heart. And so this is talking about trying to understand what that story is, because sometimes understanding that background really helps you to, to deliver a better experience and, and tailor that experience more to the person that's standing in front of you or on the phone with you. Yeah, even going back to my example, this video I remember seeing, and it might have been the Cleveland Clinic um, oh, okay. that did this, uh, but it was, it was just so impactful a video. And it's actually something similar that one of our firms, Jackson Group Interactive, did a video for some hospitals years ago that had that same idea of under, needing to know that those patients may be dealing with other things around them in their personal lives, their family, fear, anxiety that they're dealing with, other things yes. that really play into that customer's experience that if we hear from them a negative response or we hear from them something that is not clear or we hear something that does not sound very quite the way we want it to go as a as, as somebody affiliated with the organization sure it's understanding that there's so much more behind the scenes that we don't always know that we really should try to take that effort to get to know their story because it can help us serve them a lot better right and, and that's an excellent example you, you're kind of alluding to the concept of empathy which i know you and i've right. talked about in the past uh, really trying to understand that customer, uh, who's in front of you, who are they, what's going on in the situation, what's going on in their head, um, you know, everything essentially surrounding the specific needs, surrounding that specific issue. But by trying to be understanding of it, then it can really help you to, to make sure you're, you're tailoring that need appropriately we, uh, or that how you address that need appropriately. We often say that empathy uh, is the single greatest attribute that anybody can have to be good at customer service. And, and the reason is that before you can care for somebody, you've got to want to care. Mm. You know, before you can truly meet a specific need, you've got to try to understand who that person is and what that specific need is. So uh, essentially is trying to be empathetic with the customer, trying to be understanding of the customer, and a lot of that ties into knowing that specific story of that person in front of you. Yeah, I um, I love the word empathy, and that's a word I know I hear a lot more in, in the publications and things we read about uh, equating it to healthcare because to me healthcare is the most easily understood example of how to apply empathy in a situation with a customer experience. Yes. Because you've got a hospital experience or you've got a medical condition. You know, patients could be coming in very scared, but yet they're not going to tell you they're scared because it's, they don't want to seem scared, but how deep they are. Or uh, maybe a family member of theirs actually had a very similar procedure and it didn't go well in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And that's something that's clouding a little bit of their experience. Those are the kind of things that you know, make it really difficult to give the best customer service to somebody. I think if you don't know some of those things, not to say that we need right. to pry into their personal life, but we need to be listening and trying to pick up on the things that can help us clue into their story a little bit more. Right. And I'm going to give you a real quick example uh, of exactly what you're talking about. And, and this example came out of a meeting that I had with uh, a client. It's a government client, believe it or not, the Office of the Tax Collector. Oh, boy. So these are folks who have all sorts of emotions that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, these employees. And, and it gets at this healthcare example that you've been alluding to with the Cleveland Clinic video with a lot of what you've seen with, with your clients as well. So, so let's picture – that, that you are uh, working in a tax office okay. uh, and you have a person who is standing right in front of you in your office. Uh, it is basically a counter with several different reps with you and they have an issue. Uh, they were overcharged, overbilled. Uh, at least they felt that way for their taxes. They received a past due penalty because of it. Uh, they didn't get it rectified in time and that's why they got the past due penalty and they want it all corrected, and they want the penalty waived. Now, mm-hmm. you're an employee. If you work in a tax office, you probably deal with people who feel like they were taxed too high, who, who didn't fix it in time or address it in time, have a penalty. You're probably dealing with these kind of people potentially every day. Right. So, so you potentially had hundreds of conversations like this, and you could think, okay, here it goes again. I've, I've done this, uh, worked with this type of customer, this type of situation so often, I will handle it in a certain way mm-hmm. because I know how to deal with a particular overcharge. I know technically what to do in the system. I know what the process is. I know the paperwork. I know the specific questions to ask. And you do that, and yet the customer's still upset. The conversation is taking much longer than it should. They're not happy. 
So, okay. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to back you up a little bit. All right. Okay. So picture this person in front of you prior to, to them standing in front of you. Keep in mind now that that customer just waited eight minutes to see you. Okay. Got it. Now, pri- prior to that, uh, they rode a cramped and somewhat smelly elevator to get to your floor. <laughs> okay. Prior to that, they waited three minutes for the elevator. Mm-hmm. Prior to the elevator, they had walked or jogged in a driving rain from the back session, section of the parking lot to your building. Okay. Prior to that, they had driven past your building because your building has such lousy signage that the, the, the sign to the entrance was blocked and they passed it, didn't even realize what it was. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, prior yes. to missing the entrance, they drove 25 minutes to get to your office. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Three days prior to that, they had called your, your office's general number, waited on hold for three minutes, and were told they'd have to come downtown to prove uh, that, that it was a true overbill to get it rectified. Mm. Prior to that, they tried to fix it by going to the website. They spent 15 minutes on your website, including an attempted live chat, couldn't get an answer. <laughs> Two days prior oh to that, they got, and this is all true what I'm, I'm sharing here. Two days okay. prior to that, they got into an argument with their spouse who saw the past due notice, saw how much they thought they had paid for, for this service before realizing that they were overcharged, realizing that you hadn't rectified it in time. They were angry at you, the, the customer for not, or angry at the customer for not having rectified it. A couple weeks prior to that, the customer left a voicemail for an employee that was never returned. A week prior to that, the customer received the invoice. Okay, I went just Boy. through a whole lot right there. So you might be thinking about that customer that's in front of you, but uh, if you think about the full story, you're about to do a transaction that takes three minutes. To you, it's just a transaction. But to the customer, think about the argument with the spouse. Think about the past due notice, the lack of a return phone call, the website, the, the live chat that didn't work, the waiting on hold for three minutes, being told you had to come downtown, missing the entrance, driving rain, smelly elevator, wait eight minutes, and boom, they're in front of you. Wow. So basically, that person behind the counter that may think of this as a quick five-minute encounter, that's the start and finish of it. For the person on the other side of the counter, this has been going on for a couple of months with time and frustration and anxiety and all of those things compiled over weeks. You... The employee on the other end, this is a five-minute dialogue that starts and stops with that five-minute dialogue. Yes. And what one kicker is, which I didn't tell in the story, because of this particular example that, that I was given by the client, where because of what was past due, uh, the government actually does door hangers. Mm-hmm. So imagine that you come home and there's a door hanger with a big yellow uh, notice that says uh, taxes past due oh my and gosh. all of your neighbors are walking by your oh house no. oh. with a looking at the door hanger saying taxes mm-hmm. past due. Yeah. So you might be looking at it as a transaction, but now that you know the customer's story, how might you handle that situation a little um, bit differently? Alan? Right. If there was a magic way where I knew all of that, yes. like somehow I'm almost thinking like a, what is it? The Google glass or something glasses that as you're looking at the person, just all this information starts scanning in front of your eyes exactly. where you see all these, these details. Absolutely. The very, you are, you're 100% attuned to what that person is saying. You get, if there's any tone of frustration or exhaustion on their end, you understand why it's right. not a frustration to you. It's a, I get why they're tired. I get why they're exhausted. I get why they're frustrated. And at that point, I would hope the intention would be is like, this person has gone through enough already. Let's honestly try to get this fixed now, if yes. at all humanly possible. Yeah. Yes. And since we don't have Google Glass, uh, <laughs> yeah. at least it's not handy. Not handy. Um, right. No. Not a thousand bucks to spend on something yet. So, yeah. Oh, didn't realize it was that much. I think That's it is. I, I think it's pretty it, expensive. Yeah. Wow. And I don't think it's quite market ready yet either. So it'd probably give you all wrong information anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll actually talk about the, the more manual version of Google Glass after the break. Okay. Um, but prior to getting into the break, uh, just think about this for, for anybody who works in an organization right now, uh, who, uh, you know, yourself, Alan, or any kind of business leader as well. If you wanted to just try to get your staff to really look at the, the situation from the customer's perspective, to really know the customer story, 
do a similar exercise to what I do with the client. I, I call it reverse flow charting. Mm-hmm. So you think about a flow chart as being, okay, somebody's at step A, then they go to step B, then they go to step C, then they go to step D. In reverse flow charting, uh, essentially what you do is you say that customer is in front of you. They are, they are about to present you with a particular issue or need or request. Uh, what you do is you go in reverse. Say, what happened immediately before they were standing in front mm-hmm, of me? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were waiting. Okay, what happened immediately before they were waiting? Well, they were going to the line. They were navigating the facility. Great. What happened immediately before they did that? So essentially what you're doing is you're starting with the end point where they are with you right at this time, and then you continually ask that question. What happened immediately before this step. Be very slow. Uh, don't skip steps. And then start working backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards. And as you work backwards, like I did when I was telling you that story from the office of the tax collector, all of a sudden you start to realize everything the customer had to go through, all the emotions, all the steps, all the frustration, all the activity, all the contacts to get to the point where they were in front of you right now. And if we really just take the time to go through that exercise, go through that activity, as an organization or even as individuals, we start to understand the customer story, what's really behind the emotions being presented, the questions being asked, the situation being presented to you. Yeah, that's that's great. And I'm actually even thinking in my head, Ed, I mean, it's really, I think it's easier to do that reverse flow chart. I mean, it's more automatic to think about it in terms of uh, a, a customer interaction, uh, especially if it's a face-to-face interaction, that is a consumer to a business dialogue. And you know that person had to go through some physical or timing thing to get to that encounter with you. But you know, I was actually thinking, I mean, how easy, how easy is it to apply that same reverse flow chart even to a business to business situation where you've got a client, you're a business and your client is another business. They are maybe looking for something from you or needing something make a request. I mean, we get this in our business a lot. You know, we work with clients that to do employee and and customer satisfaction surveys. And a lot of times, you know, somebody will call and say, Hey, I need this. Can you run this for me as a quick breakout of report or data? And I need it quickly, you know? And of course it's easy on our employee side to say, okay, they say they need it quickly. And it's a little frustrating maybe for our schedule because we maybe have to stop other things to do it. But I bet you if you did that same reverse flow chart, you'd actually start to back up and say, okay, this person is maybe just got out of a meeting with their boss and their boss is telling them they have to have this. And it turns out that this metric they're trying to measure is actually tied to uh, manager performance incentives. And all of a sudden they're trying to set up goals for the year or there's some legal issue going on that they've got to find some information on. Do It's almost that same idea. It may not be as easy as, walking from the parking lot to the front desk and how long that took or how many times they've tried to call. It could be that knowing the story on the back end of the business side too, you could do that same, it's that same philosophy could apply there as well. Yeah, that's an excellent example. And oftentimes we can get frustrated with clients because what is it? Uh, we assume their poor planning is, is our <laughs> right. emergency. I think that's, that's right. the way it's stated. Sure. But uh, in, in reality, there, there could be very good reasons. That person's being put under pressure. That person didn't get noticed. You know, there is some urgent pressing need. Yeah. Maybe they just don't realize that they need to give us forenotice, forewarning on some of these requests. So by having that empathy, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll respond quickly. Uh, and do it with it with the best attitude possible. Absolutely. So I think empathy can apply not even in just more direct one-to-one business-to-consumer caring type of environments. It can be business-to-business as well. Everybody has that story driving their needs, their requests, their situations, their encounter with you. Yeah. Right. And, and the more we can learn their story, the, the more empathetic we can be of them, uh, the better we can end up serving them. And a lot of what we're talking about here is thinking about it organizationally, like you say, business to business, um, or, or thinking about in, in this particular situation. But it, it, maybe some of us aren't great at being empathetic. So what we're going to do after the break is we're actually going to talk about how can you become more empathetic or how okay. can you learn the customer story, even if that is not one of uh, those those innate aspects of your personality. Well, before we go to that break really quick too, let me, let me just add in something that it's kind of interesting timing. We're talking about this topic because I, I just gave a talk recently. It's the first time I've given this talk. So I'm still kind of working on it a little bit, this idea of what consumers want 
nowadays. Mm -hmm. What is it they're really looking for? And I was targeting mostly the healthcare market, although I was very clear to say the things that people are wanting from healthcare is pretty much what they're wanting from other businesses as well. You know, convenience yes. is obviously a big factor. Everybody wants convenient now. It needs to be a very convenient service. It needs to be easy access to them. But a very close second, almost identical, but just a notch below convenience was this idea of empathy. People wanting to be in, have encounters with people who honestly and truly are trying to connect with their needs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you and I give the examples in some of our stories. I think you and I have both given a big box hardware store story in the past oh, on some, times, some, yeah. some concerns. And, you know, we kind of mark it up to a, well, they may win the convenience factor of being a bigger store and bigger close by, but they lose on the empathy because the mm -hmm. people aren't able to really connect with us and say, what is it you're needing to do? Tell me more about what you're trying to accomplish and let me find a way to help you out. To me, that's empathy right there as well. It's wanting to learn more about my story. Um, exactly. And it's just important to remember that you can't just live on the convenience factor alone. This empathy side of things and knowing your customer's story is, for some organizations and some pay, uh, uh, customers, it's number one. But even mm -hmm. if it's not number one, it's a short number two behind convenience. And you've got to be able to play both of those. So Yeah. And it's really interesting you bring that up. I gave a, a short speech this morning to a couple hundred uh, th these are elementary school cafeteria managers, very oh, large school system. Yeah. Uh, and the, the school system as a whole is going through a culture change. So what we were, what I was conveying to them was how we're going to roll this out. And one thing I mentioned was initially part of the rollout was going to be training for all the staff on these new uh, culture standards uh, slash, you could say, service excellence standards. But a lot of them are just how you interact with each other, attitudes, behaviors, et cetera. Uh, when we went into it, we thought we were going to do a lot of training. That was the assumption. We ended up doing a series of focus groups with staff at all different levels and all different areas of the school system. And what the staff said is we don't necessarily want training about these different topics, about caring, communicating, connecting, collaborating, et cetera. We want conversations with leadership. We want to just have a conversation with our supervisor about respect or about responsiveness. And what does that need to look like? In our cafeteria, in our transportation department, in our school, in our finance department, how can be, we be respectful and responsive with each other? What does that really look like, feel like? How can we get to really create and foster openness and dialogue and understanding of what each other wants? So what, what these staff wanted was a conversation so that they could understand what the leaders were looking for, but, but even more importantly, so the leaders could understand what they sought in their organization's culture. And again, it gets back to understanding and empathy and listening. Uh, and that is so important to people nowadays, whether it's in customer service or just within an organization's culture as well. Could it almost be argued, and I know we're getting ready to head to a break here in a second, but could it almost be argued, Ed, that customers or companies get the idea of satisfaction? They understand what it means to try to deliver customer satisfaction. Is the product they got of high quality? Was it done in a timely manner? Uh, did their, did they get exactly what they wanted out of the service or product? You know, they get satisfaction, mm -hmm. but really empathy is a whole nother level. It is a whole deeper connection with the customer. So you could be a great firm in delivering satisfactory products that people say, yep, it was on time. It was good quality. But unless you're able to also add that level of empathy when needed, especially during problem situations, I think you're, you're, you're never going to be able to get your company up to that highest level performing when it comes to customer service. Is that fair oh, to say I, I, satisfaction versus empathy and kind of the differences there? Yes. Satisfaction, I think why a lot of companies get it is a lot of companies are transaction-oriented, right. and you can have uh, satisfaction with a transaction and yet still lose a customer. And you're thinking, how could you do that? Well, because you, you basically filled an order. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you developed a relationship, that you conveyed you cared uh, about that customer, that you tried to be understanding and patient and listening with them, that you, uh, you, know, you, you were focused on them through the process, focused on learning about them and developing a relationship with them. So you can transactionally have satisfaction and yet still as a business start you know, be losing customers right and left. And it's because you don't really understand what the customer wants to get out of the long-term relationship. You don't really understand who that customer is, their situations, and are not patient enough to find out. Yeah, 
That's, that makes perfect sense. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about maybe what you could do to try to gain a little empathy, you know, maybe some, some idea of what you could do to build up a little bit of that level of empathy and getting to know your customer's story a little bit better so you can serve them better and obviously keep them as a longer-term client. So, so when we come back, we'll do that. But let's take a quick little break, and uh, we'll be right back with Stepping Up Service. Hi, Alan and Chris here with an exciting announcement about something coming to the Western North Carolina area later this year. It's the first ever Foot Candle Film Festival. That's right, an honest-to-goodness film festival that's happening September 25th through the 27th at the Salt Block in Hickory, North Carolina. Films are being submitted from all over the world to be considered. Do you or someone you know have a film that you'd like to submit? Visit footcandle.org and follow the link to the festival for instructions. Stay tuned later in the year as we announce our choices and start selling tickets. Visit footcandle.org for more information. We'll see you in September. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. This is, again, our show about delivering customer service to your clients, your employees, your vendors, your patients, whatever your population may be, that you find yourself wanting to deliver a great sense of service excellence uh, to those, uh, those, those organizations with your products and your services. We were talking before the break about this idea of empathy, and really it's knowing your customer's story understanding what's driving them, what may be some of the background information behind their encounter with you, what may be driving some of their needs for this, your service or product, and how empathy is so important. Uh, and honestly, research we've seen and everything, it's really in the top two or three items that people are looking for, along with convenience and, and so on. And it's a different factor than satisfaction. This is truly yes. knowing things, not just providing a certain level quality product or service. So Ed, okay, so I'm I'm a I'm somebody listening to this episode and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I got it. I'm supposed to be more empathetic to people. Fine. I don't have a magic system like that Google Glass Alan was describing that will tell me everything I need to know in a heartbeat. What can I do or how how what should my organization be doing to try to become more empathetic in general? Do you have any suggestions for said listener? Uh sure, yes. In terms of said listener, uh <laughs> yes. Couple things to think about. One, like we, we mentioned earlier, you, you can literally go through the exercise where you're doing that reverse flow charting and really try to understand what your typical customers are going through prior to uh, interacting with you. But on a more personal level, on a more one to one level, uh, it, it's an intentional effort. I mean, if you're not one of those folks who are naturally empathetic and understanding of other people, uh, these are just some real quick tips for you to consider when you're literally face to face or uh, in, in some of these examples, on the phone with somebody. These are things you can do to convey empathy, to try to be understanding, to try to learn their story. The, the first is focus. I mean, literally look at that person, focus at that on that person, try to r- avoid any other distractions. And, and while they're talking, this, this might sound crazy, but while that person is talking, when you're looking at them, think to yourself, I care about this person. I mean, literally, you're looking at them and you're thinking to yourself, I care about this person. I want to help this person. So you're literally saying that to yourself while they're in front of you. It forces you to keep that top of mind and it forces you to see them more as an individual, more uniquely. You start to to watch their body language a little bit more. You start to listen to their tone of voice a little bit more. You really try to understand them a little bit more if you just force yourself to start saying, I care about this person as they're telling the story. Wow. Uh, Such a simple thing, but yet it's, we all take for granted. I mean, I've been in enough conference calls with uh, people, partners of mine or so where I could see that, you know, they're not paying attention. They're not really listening to the person on the other end of the phone. And they obviously are not saying to themselves, I care about this person. Yes. And so it's just uh, amazing to think what kind of shift that could have with even just that one Fairly simple, simple uh, step there. Yeah. So, and it's it's huge because uh, again, this is these are tips for people who might not be naturally empathetic. So you have to really think. Uh, I care about this person in front of me when they're telling you something. Ask yourself: Do I understand their situation? Do I truly know the background story? If you don't really understand their situation, you're just focused on the need or the the request or the tip of the specific question. You got to dig deeper. Do I know the background story? If not, especially if there's a lot of emotions coming at you, you have to start digging a little bit deeper. So those are the first quick tips. Focus. Literally say to yourself, you know, I care about this person in front of me, and do I really understand what they're telling me? Do I have a good feel? 
for what the background story is. So there's definitely yeah. an inquisitive aspect to empathy. You definitely have to be somebody who, who is willing to ask questions, who is willing to be patient, uh, and you have to be very cognizant of the need that when you're in front of somebody, if you want to be empathetic, you want to be understanding, you want to the, know their story, up front especially, you have to be willing to ask those questions and, and try not to rush through the conversation. Great. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So Yeah. yeah. From uh, an emotion standpoint, oftentimes the, these stories are especially important when they have a lot of emotion. So here's a couple quick tips in, in that case. You, you literally do not want to make negative assumptions about why they're there, why they're upset, why they're acting as they do. Oh, this person's upset. They're just a jerk. This person's upset because, you know, they, they just have nothing better to do today. This person's, you know, really irate now, right now, and, uh, you know, it's because of something about them. Uh, you know, it's not about me. It's about my coworker. Just just try to not make any negative assumptions about that individual. Kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes even asking, uh, well, you know, how, how was your trip over here today? Or, or get them start to t- starting to talk about their journey. You know, what brings you here today? Or, you know, if you ask those kind of questions about their trip, about their journey, what brought them here, it might enable them to give you a little bit of the backstory. And sometimes you need that for people to settle down. Uh, you, you need to try to allow them to blow off a little bit of steam up front or else they'll just go on and on and on. So That's really true, try yeah. to set up an environment so that they can feel comfortable starting to share their story. Great. No, I like yeah. that a lot because, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you almost treat it like a like a balloon that's like really full and about to pop. I mean, if if yes. you don't let them kind of have a little bit of a release and kind of give you a little uh, a little bit of time to debrief and let you let them know what their experience was like getting to your place or how they've been lately and all that, then that stuff's just still just bottled up in there. And all it takes is one word from you that they don't really care to hear (laughs) and everything could explode. (laughs) Right. So you want to kind of release that tension a little bit beforehand. So you've got a little more leeway in case you unfortunately do have to tell them the word no at some point. Right. And other ways to, to kind of get that story told along with asking them how they got here, you know, say something like, tell me a little bit more about, or, or help me understand. Or like I said, what brings you to us today? If you can ask those kind of questions, very non-threatening, uh, slightly open-ended types of questions. It enables them to tell their story, to give you the background, and it's a lot easier to be understanding of somebody uh, if they've shared enough information that you can understand them. Yeah, I mean, sure. you want them to be sharing that information. To, to make sure you're conveying that empathy, conveying that understanding, uh, after you clarify the details uh, that, that they've shared, confirm it back to them. All right, Miss Smith, I understand you know, it's been a rough day getting here and you had to deal with all these different situations. And I'm sorry, it sounds like we were not very responsive when you tried us on the phone, you tried the website. I'm just sorry you had to deal with all that prior to getting here. And, and what I will tell you is I promise this is going to be a good interaction today. I'll do everything I can to make sure that we address this for you on the spot today. So thank sure. you for everything you've done getting to this point. And let's see what we can do for you now. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, Alan. Sure. You know, whether it is a, this uh, healthcare example where you're trying to think about all that person's been through prior to prior to being admitted to the hospital, or this office of the tax collector example. Um, in, in either case, let's say you do know the story. You know, mm-hmm. you've gotten the information they have shared, and you know what's behind the emotion or the issue, or you know what's really driving. Uh, a lot of their thoughts and actions beyond the specific need. Mm-hmm. How does knowing the story help you in interacting with that customer? Um, and it's kind of hard for me to describe, but it, it's, it's almost like a, if I know their story, then I can tailor either the style of response I'm going to give back to them. I can tailor the level of attention I pay to certain aspects of what I'm trying to do for them. Uh, and I can only think about it in terms of examples. Like if I know, I hear the backstory, and the backstory is this person is pressed for time. Time is their biggest need and resource. They have spent so much time on the phone with us. They've spent so much time getting to us, so much time trying to get resolution. Then I know my focus needs to be on what can I do to get this resolved quickly. Yes. Where another customer, it may not be about quickly. It may be about I want it done thoroughly. I want it done with as much explanation and detail as possible because I get myself confused. I don't feel like I know what's going on. 
if that's the story, if the story is I'm so confused and I don't understand what's going on, my family's confused, we've all got this misinformation we've been shared, then I know my job as a, as a service agent is I'm going to take my time and I'm really going to walk you through detail by detail what's going on and make it as clean and simple as possible. So knowing your story kind of helps tailor your response. It tailors your, I don't want to say it changes your personality with them, but it does tailor where you focus your attention on how you're going to try to resolve that issue or give them what they need. Yeah, I really love that the way you phrase that, the style of response. Because mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes we talk about when somebody has an issue and you, you hear the same issue over and over again in your organization, you need to figure out the root cause of the issue so you can put in permanent solutions. Well, essentially what you're saying is when that customer comes in front of you, and granted they have whatever the issue is or the question, but but if you can understand some of the reasons why they're frustrated, is it you know there was they feel like there was all this time wasted, or was it because they felt like people were rude or not responsive? If you can understand what frustrated them, you dig to to the root cause of those feelings and attitudes that they're bringing with you, then you can tailor your the style of response, as you say. Uh, to to address that particular aspect of their experience that's really ruffled their feathers. Um, I'll even give an example that's just extremely recent. It was uh, part of the reason, Ed, we were a little late starting our our, uh, conversation today. I had a conversation with a CEO of a hospital that we work with who um, we did a survey for on some just general consumer perceptions about their, throughout their community. And it's one of those things where he had called us a few weeks ago it left me a message because I wasn't in the office and just said, Alan, I need this survey and I need it quick. How quickly can you get it done? I want you to use the same questions you did a year ago and I, want, I need data by this point. Can you do it? And of course, at that point, I knew, all right, this is a quick conversation. So I'm just going to let them know, yep, we're on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really know the backstory. I didn't know why all that. So that's what the phone call actually that calls me to be late was. Oh, it was okay. asking, tell me what's going on because I shared with you the results. I did the survey for you, but if you let me know what's going on, I can probably help you interpret the results a little bit better. And it's true because now I know exactly what the situation is. He's trying to learn this data for. So now I'm able to hone my, the remaining work I'm going to do into that mindset where if I didn't know that I would just be shooting in the dark, just trying to give him answers to questions I didn't know he had. So it does, it's sometimes it's time intensive to ask those questions and try to learn those things. But It'll actually save you time down the road. So it applies just as much of that business-to-business situation as anywhere else. Yeah, and it's interesting because a lot of what we've talked about, examples are complaints. Your example wasn't a complaint. It was just an urgent need from a customer. So so sometimes it's not really an issue, but uh, it's just a matter of, hey, if I want to establish a report quickly with a customer, if, if I want to make sure they have a better experience and a better answer, and I think what you were getting at with this CEO is if you can understand the thinking behind uh, the, the need for this product, you can give them a better product, better analysis, a better answer in the Absolutely. future. You know, it's it's all about better customer service. And, and just like the more you know the specific need, the better. But also the more you know the, the story behind the customer need, the customer attitude, the customer behaviors, the better experience you can provide for them. Ed, one of my biggest pet peeves of all time is knowing that we lose a client simply because they needed something different from us than what we provided. But it's on us because we didn't ask to get that background information, ask to know uh, what it is they were wanting. That's always yes. such a, I don't mind losing a contract if it's something that we are unable to provide, something mm-hmm. that another competitor honestly does better than us. But to know it's because we didn't ask enough questions and get to know that customer's story of what's driving them for their needs, driving mm-hmm. them for this service we're providing if we lose a client because of that, that's extremely frustrating. And I got to imagine it's got to be the same for anybody else out there. You'd hate to think as a transactional company that you lose a customer because the, the, the walk from the parking lot to your building was too long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you can work on. That's something you can try to make amends for. But yes. if you don't know that, if you don't pick up on that and you lose a customer because of something like that, that's – that's that's terribly disappointing. So yeah, and just as a quick aside, I was on an hour long conference call with a company uh, out of the Midwest, a financial services company, that uh, is trying to figure out how to determine why they are losing customers, mm-hmm. uh, and they're very frustrated. They they're losing all these business customers of theirs, and they don't have any data that says why. So how can you improve internally? How do you provide a better product? Uh, is it a relationship that they have no idea? So how can you actually retain more customers? How can you get better? 
um, if if we aren't asking ahead of time before they leave, how satisfied are you? And would you consider uh, renewing this contract every year? But also on the back end, you know, finding out why they've left. So it gets back to this idea of if you want to know the customer story, uh, some of the best customer fir- service-oriented folks are obviously first empathetic. Uh, secondly, very inquisitive, asking, 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 uh, never assuming of the customer because last thing you want is that customer to walk away and, and your main question is why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Some really good advice, Ed. Thank you so much on all that. Some ideas with that. Uh, it's all about getting to know your customer's story and the, the definition of empathy, that being able to sympathize with the customer, being able to understand where they're coming from, what's driving their dissatisfaction, their confusion, their frustration, or even their, their happiness. It's knowing those things so you can use that to better tailor your experiences with them in the future and better meet their needs as well. It's great. I love yes. it. It's a really great thing. Right. Ed, you've got a great tip of the week somewhere in your archives, I know, on this topic not, not too far back that I think I read as well. So if somebody right. wants to do something, get a little more reading, there's some of these same thoughts expressed in that tip of the week. Um, and, of course, a lot of other resources on Ed's website about, in general, customer service. But a lot of it, I know, speaks to this idea of empathy and listening to your customer, getting to know their story. Yes. Ed, we always close out our show with kind of our customer service experience of the past month can be positive it can be negative uh i've got a positive one do you have a positive or negative uh mine's positive as well okay so it doesn't matter who goes first you've been talking for the last little bit how about i'll go first and then you can follow up second is that okay okay sounds good so again these are just stories that we personally truly have encountered we're not making these things up these are true stories (laughs) we've had because of course when you host a show on a customer service you find yourself a lot more attentive to it than maybe everybody else might be. Uh, mine has to do with my local dentist and, and, and uh, you know, the whole healthcare industry in general, I know it's, it's, it's a tough industry at times. It's become a lot more demanding with customer expectations, cost have risen. Yeah. And the dental field is not far off from that either. Um, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of an issue. This is, this is a problem I have Ed, and I, I'm being very honest and open and, and bearing this on a, on a live and world, 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 world broadcast podcast here. Did you need to lay down on a couch, Alan? <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Uh, uh, okay, I am a horrible snorer. Okay, oh. I, I, man, I get into a deep sleep, and there's no telling how how many wow. decibels are coming out. According to my wife, it's horrible. Now, I could also say that hers isn't too great either. Whenever I'm awake, but I'm a deeper sleeper than she is. So unfortunately, she's a lighter sleeper. My oh. snoring wakes her up. Her snoring doesn't phase me at all. But anyway, it got to the point where, yes, it is affecting our sleepability. And I'm actually noticing myself kind of waking up a little bit when it starts getting really loud, too. So I went to my dentist a, a few months ago and I said, listen, I need some help. Is there anything you can recommend? And they fitted this little mouth guard thing that you wear when you go to bed. I and know exactly what you're talking about. It works. It works really great. So oh, something I put in, it's perfect. It, it does great. Well, they, they went through and they did this. And I paid the money to have this built. And about a month, month and a half after having it, it cracked. I don't oh, know God. if it's because my teeth, I grip my teeth at night. I don't know. But all I know is one day I woke up and the thing just had splintered. So I take it back to the dentist. And I said, listen, guys, here's the deal. This thing just cracked, you know. And, uh, you know, right away it was, all right, yep, let's, uh, let's, let's try something different. We're going to try you a higher caliber one. We're going to go to a different vendor and get one that's maybe a little more strenuous and better made. And uh, the whole time I kept expecting there to be a, well, you know, the cost on this is going to be this. And, you know, we'll maybe discount it a little bit because of your frustrations, but it's going to cost this much to go to it. Nowhere in the conversations has there been any mention of other cost. So they went out and solicited a whole new vendor to have a whole new mold made, to have a whole new mouth guard made and gave it to me. And it works great. Just this week, one of the little rubber bands that kind of keeps the top and bottom brackets together snapped and they told me that that might happen so just to let them know if they ever need to fix that i got to drop in today with a three hours notice they got it replaced again no cost every i I mean it was both the dentist the hygienist somebody else all three like working on this for a good 30 minutes no cost no charge i basically have had two or three molds made in four or five visits over the last six months now granted you could say well that's a little frustrating that i had to keep going back but I also knew it's just this, it was a product and it was kind of experimental for me and I'm working with it, but I paid my one fee and I've never been talked to or charged or billed for anything else. 
to me, that's that's when you, you I, I could never look at that facility and say they nickel and dime you or everything's so expensive. I'm looking at it as I paid one price and I've gotten two mouth guards that I probably physically abused the first one myself with my own teeth, you know, and cause it to break. But yet they're still willing to say, hey, we're going to put the time into this and go get this right. And to me, that's that's what people ought to be doing. Yeah, that's an excellent story. And I've investigated those two, and I've had apparently the very same conversations with my wife that you've had with yours. (laughs) You snore louder. No, you snore louder. No, no, she, yeah. (laughs) It's just I can just sleep through a a storm, so it doesn't phase me. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, we we price those. I know they're pricey. So if they gave you that higher end one, uh, you know, without charging additional, that's above and beyond. So that's that's a great story. A lot of money number crunchers would bristle at that and just say, how could you probably right. cost them a few hundred dollars instead of charging me for all of it? You know, why would you do that? And it's like, well, they've, they've got me as a customer for life right now, as far as I'm concerned, unless they yes. really screw up in the future. So yeah. that's why you do it, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So what's your well, story? From, from snoring to bowling, Ooh. uh, slightly different story. Um, we but actually connected had- because Ed, that was my physical education electives all through college as I took bowling classes. So I am somewhat, I don't want to say expert, but somewhat intermediate uh, level bowling. So, you know, you're, you're speaking my language here. Go right ahead. So, so just to clarify, did you get actual credits towards graduation? Yes, I did. A- and just to clarify, what, what was the name of the college you went to? Uh, Due to recent NCAA reports, I'm not going to <laughs> release that information. <laughs> so I don't need. Okay. To, I don't need to give any more ammunition to the fire there. So. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Let me just put it this way, Ed. It was in lieu of what I originally signed up for, which was social dance. Only because I signed up for social dance because the scuttlebutt at the time was that social dance was 90% female, 10% male. So all of my buddies and I said, we're going to go to take social dance. That's going to be our physical uh, education elective. Lo and behold, I think everybody on campus got that same message because when I showed up for class, it was 90% male, 10% oh, female. And I just chose on my own to say, you know what? I think I'm going to skip back out of this class. So that's uh, so I went to bowling and that became my, my, my PE passion. And yes, I did graduate with bowling credits on my, on my, uh, you know, on my listing. So anyway, Excellent. sorry, don't mean to distract you. Just want to give a little backstory there. That, that's all right. And uh, that was a wise decision, by the way, yes, Alan. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, th- this is basically just a, an activity we had this week uh, with um, uh, the church that I belong to. We decided to have a bowling night as part of Vacation Bible School. So it was more vacation than Bible school when you go to a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was a big group, uh, we they, they assigned a server to us, which was wonderful. It's, it's a, one of those new age bowling alleys where uh, they have – the computerized scoring, they have oh, yeah. uh, digital TVs in front of you in the back. The quality of the food was amazing. That's great. Um, and we had multiple orders. I think we had 14 or 15 people. We had four different tabs, four different bowling alleys. All the people were mixed up at the alleys. Um, and the server uh, was very patient with us. She got all the orders right except one out of the 15, and she fixed that one with some additional work. Uh, and the reason why I bring this up is from an organizational standpoint, uh, one of the things they did is they assigned her to us. Mm-hmm. So that made it very organized. It made it easy on us. She came to us instead of us having to go up individually or in groups to place our orders. Uh, it was easier on them because they didn't have 15 different people wandering through the alley looking mm-hmm. for somebody who looks like an employee to hunt down and get some help on something. It allowed us to establish a rapport with her. She closed very positively. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is it was a good experience uh, overall, and a large part of the reason, even beyond the person herself, that it was a good experience is that they assigned that person to us who created continuity and just having that one individual touch point, that, that, that one person who was managing everything just made the process easier, the rapport building easier, the accuracy of the order easier, and in the end, the experience much better. Well, and it's a very unique approach, especially for a very old traditional entertainment pastime like bowling. Yes. You, know, you think about bowling alleys and you think it's very loose and laid back and you don't normally think of coordinated service care, you know, type of thing. But yet I guarantee you that made that experience for everybody there so much more enjoyable. And the next time they're going to think about going bowling, that's going to be a place that's going to come top of mind. I guarantee it. 
Yeah, definitely. Everybody had a great time. And I had been there four or five years ago, back when smoking was allowed. It was right. a different environment, and the restaurant was terrible. And they sold it uh, when the smoking was restrictions went in, and the new owners just decided we're going to be all about customer service. We're going to be all about the experience. We're going to upgrade our food. Uh, and when they did all of that, it was, it was just interesting how they, they still have the same bowling lanes, but the entire experience ha- has changed for the better. So Ritz-Carlton bought the bowling alley is what you're telling me, right? So. Uh, y- yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was wonderful. And uh, we, we got our, our little fluffy uh, down pillows, yes, you know, to rest our heads great. on between, between oh, bowls. Oh, that's so nice. So that's it was excellent. Be. So. Well, the warm I, towels with lemon, it was excellent. Uh, so. To me, the perfect bowling alley is one that adopts a service culture like you just described, yet still preserves the – the old school feel of a bowling alley. If you can yeah. balance that too, oh, yes. that's a perfect experience for a pastime like that. So that's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the story. Ed. That was great. And sure. uh, to everybody for listening, you know, this has been stepping up service. We uh, record this about every month where we get together, talk about some aspect and topic regarding customer service and delivering it to your audiences. And then we always close out the story or the episode with our stories of the month, just like you just now heard. Uh, and again, this is on the mesh.tv. We encourage you, if you want to go back and listen to old episodes, you can do so. Go to the mesh.tv. Uh, you'll either see some buttons on the front page or you can pull down from the menu that says shows and go down to stepping up service. Uh, the great thing about it is you can actually subscribe to the show, especially through iTunes and other uh, podcast readers. What that means is we put out a new episode. It gets automatically pushed and delivered to you in whatever software you use to listen to these things. So that means you don't have to worry about going out and searching to see if a new episode has been published. It just comes to you automatically. So we do recommend subscribing if you have not already. And send us some feedback. Let us know if there are some topics or thoughts or ideas you've got on anything we've been discussing so far. You can reach us at info at themesh.tv. So it's I-N-F-O at T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. And uh, there's also a contact form on the website if you'd rather just use that. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We hope you will listen again soon. And uh, for Stepping Up Service, this is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group signing off. Also with Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Alan. All right. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.